Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. XNL. The Iowa men's basketball team back in action tonight. Hawkeyes visit Michigan State, looking to bounce back from the loss at Ohio State that snapped their four-game win streak. Baseball, the White Sox, Yoan Moncada and Luis Robert will both play for Cuba in the World Baseball Classic, which gets underway in March. The medical professionals who helped save the life of Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, following his on-the-field emergency, are being given the key to the city of Cincinnati. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday Bubba's boneless wings are half price. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, five minutes past noon. Bottom of the hour, we will talk NFL championship games with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Trends plays of the day still to come. Circus Sports sponsor that. And as the music would lead one to believe, it's time to talk a little baseball with our friend Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com has been good enough to join us every week during the regular season. Back with us uh, to talk about, you know what was um, what I find uh, encouraging, Matt Snyder, when it comes to this Hall of Fame debate, and it has been a debate whether Roland is worthy or not. We are in the throes of the NFL playoffs. College basketball is is heating up with conference play, yet... Uh, one of the dominating topics since, uh, when was it, Monday or Tuesday, one of the announcement was made, was the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah. that That's encouraging. That's a good sign to me, Matt Snyder. Yeah, it's funny. I think a lot of people like to focus on everything that leagues do wrong. You know, like, oh, the NFL is terrible, this. Major League Baseball, it's, they don't know how to market their stars, whatever, whatever, whatever. One thing that they get really, really right is the Hall of Fame in terms of when the voting is held, and then you know the, the ceremony's not not in, until the middle of the summer, and that's a really good time to be in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, it, it, you know, there's actual games going on at the time. I think we could all debate whether or not they could put the ceremony at a time when everybody could watch it, but when they hold the voting is the perfect time because otherwise nobody would be paying attention to baseball right now. Mm -hmm. And it it seems to be the Hall of Fame that still people care the most about. I I mean, I'm I'm a big big NFL fan. Uh, I I saw, I think it was this year that like Devin Hester was on the ballot again, and he's my all-time favorite football player. And my biggest thought was, oh, I didn't know if he was in yet or not. Hmm. And now I'm sure people could say, oh, pay attention more. Well, no, I just, it's not out there as much. It's just not. Baseball Hall of Fame is much more prominent. Yeah, because the NFL does their debate the day before the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? yeah that's just a... And then, well, I thought about the NFL, and I was like, well, I guess they couldn't do it over the summer because they have the Hall of Fame game, and that's when the enshrinement is, and they have to have, you know, logistically, they have to plan sure. travel. and they have to, But, yeah, like Major League Baseball, we've got it right. 
It's a good thing. And this debate, so where are you on the Scott Rowland side of things? Ken and I have been very similar on our thoughts of it. Hall very good, now the Hall of Famer. Where are you with Scott Rowland? Uh, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. If you say, is he the best of the best? Is he an all-time elite, top-level player? Is he an all-time great? No, probably not. But there is room in in the Hall of Fame for a lot of different types of players and third base, even before the vote, or no, even after the vote, is the least represented position. Mm. And if you look at stuff like war, uh, Roland is right in the middle of current Hall of Fame third baseman. So if you're going to say it's the least represented position and he's better than about half of the third basemen that are already in the Hall of Fame, I think that's a decent enough argument, and I could expand on it. I have in, in writing. Um, but that's a decent enough argument for me to say, yeah, he's good enough. It, does that mean he's Mike Schmidt or Wade Boggs or next year coming on the ballot, Adrian Beltre? Right. Absolutely not. But but there's also guys below him in, in the Hall of Fame on that totem pole. So uh, when you look at it from that perspective, uh, you know, George Kelp, high trainer, guys from far in the past. Mm-hmm. Roland was way better than those guys. And then, you know, the next thing on the slippery slope is, well, should we just put in every guy better than the worst Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. But if you go, let's take the – before rolling the 17 Hall of Fame third baseman and rank them, and if you've got them around 10, yeah, I think that's a good argument to put somebody in. It's an interesting point. Uh, how has analytics uh, and the reliance, um, I mean, reliance might not be the, but just the uh, the influence that analytics now has on the game? I mean, the Hall of Fame's been around a long time. It used to be, and again, I'm showing my 64 years old, right? It, yeah. uh, you used to watch games, and you used, well, it's, it was the eyeball test that is he or isn't he. How's analytics changed the Hall of Fame voting? Well, I think it's made us better. Um, there, there wasn't before any way to quantify defense, for example, or base running, for example, mm-hmm. and base running other than stolen bases, just raw stolen bases. But we know things now, like you know who's best at going from first to third on a single, who's best from scoring from first on a double. Stuff like that. And again, quantifying defense, not just errors and fielding percentage, but who has the best range, who has the best arm. We can quantify that better now, not perfectly, but better. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it props up guys like Roland. And I saw, you know, Jeff Kent complain about it. it, it I think what he was talking about is the JAWS system that a lot of us use now uh, when he said something about these new numbers and everything and comparing it to guys' past. Well, because he rates terribly on Jaws. If you look at just raw numbers, he has a lot of home runs and a lot of RBIs. But basically, it's because he was a second baseman. Uh, if he was an outfielder, we wouldn't even be talking about this. He would have been a one and done on the ballot. But because he was a second baseman, he rates first in home runs. He ranks very highly in RBIs. And I think if he got, if there was a vote in the 70s, he probably would have gotten in. But the more we look at it analytically, it's, well, he racked up those home runs and RBIs during the so-called steroid era when home runs and RBIs were off the chart. Right. So that doesn't they weren't as meaningful home runs and RBIs as somebody that would have done them in the 70s, for example. Now we have a way to look at that. And also, he was a very, very poor defender at second base, so that takes him down even more. He didn't run the bases. He was just a hitter. And, again, he piled up a lot of those stats when a lot of guys were piling up a lot of stats similar to that. So all that context, bumped him down the list. I could see why he personally would be offended by it because it costs him getting into the Hall of Fame right now. But overall, I think it it makes us better at judging who the most complete players are. 
And I, I think Scott Rowland was a much more complete player than Jeff Kent, and the voting and the numbers nowadays reflect that. Is um, Do analytics, because Keith Hernandez is a guy that I watched play, and I thought, eh, there's a Hall of Famer. He's as good a defender as there is in the game. So smart. Um but is it's it's off it's it's a power hitting position as David Kaplan pointed out to yeah. me the other day, and I think you did in one of your pieces as well. Have analytics hurt Keith Hernandez? Uh, I, they might help him a little because where the the uh, you know the home runs and RBIs it might not be there at least in terms of his career. Uh, he, defensively, he's got to get a bump there because he was one of the best defenders. Yeah, he's not that far below the Hall of Fame standard. If you sort by Jaws, I just pulled it up. He's 21st and first baseman, a little bit behind Paul Goldschmidt, Hank Greenberg. He's ahead of Harmon Killebrew. Uh, so, you know, he actually, it actually helps him a little bit. He gets close to the fringe there, uh, doing that. So yeah, it's actually, it's interesting when, when you factor in everything like that, you know. Who, uh, who's the biggest guy in your world that's not in? That you believe should be taking the steroid guys out of it. Leave that aside. Yeah, those would be all the biggest ones. Yeah, I mean um, Bonds and Clemens yeah. and everybody else. It, of I think of Don Mattingly. That's just mm. what, and maybe it's my era, Matt. We're about the mm-hmm. same age. Maybe it's just because of the era. But when he burned the brightest for those five years, you tell me that guy wasn't a Hall of Famer. It's just it's that's the one for me that's difficult to wrap my mind around. What about you? Um. Well, again, there were circumstances behind it. I mean, she had to take out the steroid guys, but Schilling, uh, he wasn't one of those. But again, uh-huh. he basically begged people to not vote yep. him in. He asked him to. Uh, yep. So that's his fault. Um, I think about Kenny Lofton falling off one and done, and that's one that really bothers me because I, I, not being as good a leadoff hitter as Ricky Henderson is not a crime. Um, but right. Tim Raines was punished for it for years. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like Kenny Lofton was probably the next best leadoff man in baseball history, and he scores out really well in defense and center field throughout his career. He's one of the best table setters, setters we ever saw. He's got the run scored. He's got stolen bases. And, and again, if you sort by Jaws, he is right there with Carlos Beltran and Andrew Jones ahead of Andre Dawson, who's a Hall of Famer, Richie Ashburn, who has long been known as a quality Hall of Famer, right there with Duke Snyder. So, yeah, Kenny Lofton is, you know, he's one of the first guys that came to mind, so I'll go with him. Uh, you know what, uh, and I, I read your piece on uh, guys that are still playing that uh, may or may not have the opportunity to get that call that uh, they're going to be enshrined uh, in Cooperstown. There's some dudes coming, boy. I mean, you you look yeah. at this group, and uh, and your article pointed it out at CBSSports.com, just some of the, you know, the Kershaws and the Verlanders and the Trouts and the, sh- um, who am I missing, uh, Miguel Cabrera, sure. right, at the, the Scherzer. Uh, I think Nolan Arnauto is a complete cinch once he becomes eligible. Uh, maybe his uh, uh, the first baseman, uh, Goldschmidt, might be part of that as well. There's some guys on this, Bryce Harper, Garrett Cole, uh, that uh, will hear their names or at least be a part of that debate in the years to come. Yeah, and it's as long as we mentioned Don Mattingly, one of the reasons that he's not in is that he, he had bad back injuries and he wasn't able to accrue the accounting stats. So there's a lot of people in the group like with Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, guys who they basically have the foundation in place and they just need to stay healthy enough to compile and get those counting stats up there so they don't end up in, in Mattingly and Dale Murphy territory mm. where they had the foundation, they had the base, and then they couldn't accrue the counting stats into the 30s. We have a lot of guys like that, but, you know, sometimes they fall down. 
Um, I like to think, again, we're getting smarter because you look at Andrew Jones has really, really climbed. He's one of those guys that through the first half, you just knew he was a Hall of Famer. And then the last half of his career, he was terrible. They became a punchline. But when you look at it as a whole, he looks like a Hall of Famer, and now he's starting to climb and he's starting to get in that territory. Um, another one who's coming on the ballot soon is Joe Maurer. Uh, absolute Hall of Famer through like, what, the first 10, 10 years of his career. Yeah. And then he had some injuries, and a lot of people only – I think the last few years it was just, well, he makes way too much money, and that's that. Well, so if you say he's a Hall of Famer, people might laugh. Oh, come on. No, he's not. Like, dude, look at his career and compare it to other catchers. He's absolutely there. Yeah, there's a lot of guys coming, and it's fun. You ready to go to the here and now? Sure. Thing? I think I'm done with the hall. But you know what? I said at the beginning, it, it was great to see the baseball was yes. you know debated in the in the midst of football playoffs. I, I was it was great to flip on PTI and hear yeah. corner, you know it just because we all know how it is. It's football dominating mm-hmm. and everything. And you're exactly right. It was it was great to have this debate on a national scale that really felt like it mattered to people. Well, to the here and now and this baseball season where I think there is a pretty clear delineation across the league, you know, the haves and the have-nots and you look at what the Mets did. Yeah, they did not get Carlos Correa, but everything else that they have done, the top of that rotation, yet the division as an absolute bear. Oof. And you can make arguments for four teams of that division, I think pretty compelling at minimum, to be a playoff team. Let's start right there. The Mets, the team of the offseason, what they did, or who would be your team of the offseason? Oh, man, team of the offseason is tough good. because it was there was so much spread around. Mm-hmm. Like it was, Since the Mets lost Correa, it would have been easily the Mets. Yes. Um, if they had gotten Korea, but they lost a lot. And, and uh, you know, signing a lot of those guys, they were kind of replacing, for example, sign Verlander, but DeGrom goes out, yep. you know, and, and like they signed Brandon Nimmo, but they brought Nimmo back. So, uh, yeah, it, they had a good offseason. Um, I, I think about the Padres, too, I do. because That's my team. I, I felt like, given that they are one of the smallest markets in baseball, they were going to be up against, salary demands from ownership just because we've seen it from so many other teams in their situation. Instead, they went out and they got Bogarts and they signed several other players and they're not going to be quiet. So the Padres were a big one for me because I thought they were going to be quiet and they weren't at all. And it kind of shows teams like the the Brewers and the Royals and the Reds, hey, you can spend. You're allowed to spend here. Uh, it, there's no salary cap on the small market teams. I love seeing that from the Padres. Yeah, I'm with you. And Tatis will be back at some point. Where are they going to play him? I guess probably on the outfield now that Bogart's taking his spot uh, at short. Help me out with this one. What is going on with the Angels? They're for sale? Well, you know what? Maybe they're not for sale. Taken off the market, and they're going to hold on to him for the foreseeable future. Does that lead you I- to believe that Otani's going to be an Angel? I, I don't know. I'm kind of still processing it. I mean, we we all just assumed. I, I can't think of another example when there is like an exploratory committee formed formally to to sell the team, and then they turned around. What it was late August, so it was not even five months later. And they turned around and said, "Ah, never mind." Mm-hmm. And it's not like it would be because he's not going to get as much money as he thought he was going to get. I mean, he bought the team for less than two hundred million dollars uh, twenty years ago. <laughs> he would have gotten in the billions right now. So I, I, I almost one of the first things I thought is, okay, what happened to his money? Did something fall through? Well, no. If that was the case, then he would sell, right? Because then he would make a billion dollars. So I, I kind of feel like he wasn't lying in that he really wants to win with the Angels. 
in which case that's my roundabout way of answering, they're probably going to throw as much money as they can at him, at, at Otani. Now the question is, will Otani take it? Because he's probably going to get offers similar. Cross town. The, the Dodgers, absolutely. Um, maybe the Yankees as well. Um, and he has expressed, more vocally than a lot of players would, more vocally than Mike Trout ever has, that he really wants to win and he's tired of not being on a playoff team. So they need to try to put stuff around him in addition to offering him a ton of money. It's going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds. The Cubs were not the team of the offseason. but a good offseason. It was nice and solid. Now, Matt, you're a Cubs fan. We talk about the Cubs a ton here as obviously being a minor league affiliate and just proximity. They're the most important major league team here in our market. Your thoughts overall, both as a fan and as a baseball writer, this offseason and the future of the Chicago Cubs? Uh, I, I, wanted them to, I wanted them to be more aggressive it, it, with their payroll situation this season and moving forward. I felt like they could have made bigger splashes than just Dansby Swanson and uh, ancillary type moves. I, I guess Jameson Tyone's a decent move, but again, that seems like a supplementary move, and I guess you could say it's supplementary to Swanson, but if they were going to be in the shortstop pool, I would have preferred it more offensively inclined because the offense needs a big bat. The defense and the pitching looked like they were in pretty good shape, and now that it's, they're in great shape now. I mean, let's to be real, if they're going the defensive route, Nico Horner at second base, Dansby Swanson at shortstop, Cody Bellinger in center. That's going to be a really, really good defense. And it looks like they know what they're doing in terms of developing pitching in-house and uh, building arms at the big league level in terms of just plugging, playing guys in the bullpen and getting the most out of them. And in the rotation, guys like Justin Steele, what they got out of Drew Smiley last year, Keegan Thompson. I think they know what they're doing there. I just wanted to see more aggression in terms of adding bats. And if your biggest bat is Swanson, that's not – hes he was only a big bat kind of last year. He's basically a glove guy. Maybe you could say, well, Cody Bellinger's upside, but, man, he hasn't hit in three years. So I kind of feel like the offense is still going to be lackluster. Uh, one more regional team. We'll let you go. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. I, I, the, big, the best move the Cardinals did the offseason. Uh, Wilson Contreras, great addition. I get it. For me, it's Chip Carey. Uh, this team is, uh, these games are watchable again, more listenable again. I get, I, I, um, I, I'm never a big uh, McLaughlin guy. Um, I don't know what it was. It's just a tough listen to me. But I'm a huge, I'm a Chip Carey guy, obviously following in his grandpa's footsteps, right, from way back in the day uh, when Harry Carey called Cardinal games. Um, I love the Chip Carey to the Cardinals in the, uh, in the TV booth. Well, if I may, the best move for the Cardinals happened before free agency started when Nolan Arenado did not opt out of his Great team. point. Because yep. if you look at some of the deals that these guys were getting, excellent point. Up, yep. Holy cow. Arenado's. Arenado, what he's making now versus what he would have gotten would have flown out of the water what he's making. And I don't know if the Cardinals would have retained him. So him opting into staying on that deal and leaving the Cardinals payroll at a, at a point that they wanted to be so it was manageable enough to add Wilson Contreras, uh, that was a huge, huge move for them. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. If you like the game of baseball, if you like reading about uh, baseball, CBSSports.com, our guy Matt Snyder. Matt, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, in, uh, in a few weeks. Appreciate doing this, Matt. Thanks again. All right.
Take care, guys. Yeah, good to talk baseball with you. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. Dot com. All right, uh, time for another $1,000 keyword. Yes, it is indeed slam dunk time, KXNO.com. Once you get there, a pop-up box will appear, and in that pop-up box, simply type the word GRAND. GRAND gives you a chance to win $1,000. GRAND. KXNO.com. Want to win tickets to Rutgers and Iowa? Go to the Miller & Condon Twitter page. You will see the rules there. You have to use the hashtag Fuller Dental. Uh, closest uh, Total points closest without going over. First person to claim that number gets that number. No duplicates. If you want 141 and somebody grabbed it ahead of you, they own it. Go to 142 or 140 or pick another number. <laughs> right. Uh, because uh, you're the number you want has been claimed. That's at the Miller and Condon Twitter account. Back to talk football with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. iHeartRadio app now. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? NFL teams, two conference championships, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets Instantly, Not a new customer. You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot in even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Say you're like me, like the 49ers this weekend. All right, just throw them on the money line. You can play adjusted total. How about over one and a half passing touchdowns for Brock Purdy? How about any time touchdown <laughs> for George Kittle? You put all those legs together, the more you add, the more your winnings can be. All right, Trent, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code KXNO. New customers bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's only a DraftKings Sportsbook, and you must use the code KXNO. You also must be 21 or older. Iowa only. The bonus is issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. An opt-in is required. 10-plus leg required for the 100% boost. Deposit parlay and with wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms of sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, just past 1230. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Get back to football. Our friend Bill Bender joins us. He is transition from the college football to the NFL. He dabbles in it during college football season, but he's back with us, and we're down to three games left, four teams, tight point spreads abound. Hello, Bill Bender. Good to catch up with you. How you been, Bill? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Bill. Uh, we both feel that these are absolute coin flip games. Trent has more of an opinion on the NFC uh, with the Niners, um, but let's start with uh, with Cincinnati and Kansas City. And you made the you, you wrote a piece early in the week about this may be the new Brady versus Peyton Manning uh, as far as quarterback matchup um, rivalry that we have over the next few years. There's so many good quarterbacks in the NFC. Obviously, Allen and Lawrence and Herbert. 
Herbert, they may have something to say with it. But right now, I couldn't agree with you more. It is Mahomes and it's Burrow that are starting to ascend into that Brady-Manning type of rivalry territory. Yeah, there's there's some comparison. I mean, it's hard to compare anything to Brady versus Manning because it happened over almost two decades. There were five playoff matchups, four championship games, countless records. But I do remember when that started, like this notion, all right, do you root for Brady or Manning, even if you didn't have a dog in the fight? And I feel like there's a little bit of that with, with the Bengals and the Chiefs and Burrow having the winning record and everything that he's done and quietly gone about his business just keeps winning. And then Mahomes, who I think is the most entertaining quarterback, one of my buddies thinks he is, and he's got a point, and he might be the most entertaining quarterback ever. And he's got five straight AFC championship yeah. games. So this is this is as good as it gets from the quarterback perspective. Yeah, that's a really good debate. Yeah, it is. What was the first one that popped into your mind, Trent? Most exciting yeah. quarterback. You know what it was for me? Well, I'm going to guess John Elway. Well, no, but he, he was great. Brett Favre, your guy, Bill Bender. Ah, I said Favre and Vic. Vic, like, yeah, Favre, for different reasons, mm-hmm. like Favre and explaining it in terms of you know he might throw into triple coverage and. Throw the greatest yeah. story you've ever seen. He may throw six picks you never knew. Um, yeah. And Vic was just, I would go back to that Virginia Tech game against mm. Florida State. I'm like, yep, I, I've never really seen anything like that. Or the Vikings playoff game. Yeah. The run, right, where two Vikings collided right. with each other as he breezed between the two of them. Randall Cunningham, that's one that jumps to mind yeah. when you're talking about excitement yeah. factor when he was at his apex. Not the one we saw in Minnesota in the 15-1 and No, year. no. The one with the Eagles and just well, dynamic. He could throw it a mile, too. He could, just throwing it up to Fred Barnett and chunking <laughs> it deep to Mike Quick. And, and on top of it, well, didn't he have the longest punt in the NFL for a while, too? He had like an 86-yarder as he had to punt it away. Randall Cunningham was my dude. That's another good answer because those of us who spent hours and hours playing Super Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl, um, <laughs> I was always the Eagle, and uh, you know I insist that that's how the spread offense started. That's a good one. Yeah. And yes, a lot of Tecmo Bowl. QB Eagles, as he was known in the game. That's right. He, he was absolutely my guy. So, Bill, uh, we're looking at college football coming up this year. We're going through this transfer portal. We're going through NIL, this this changing of the guard. Yet, it could change even more. And listening to some industry people, ultimately, if there's a decision made or forced with the NCAA to make these players become employees, it is going to completely change the amateur model that we have known for as long as we have known. When you look at the horizon, the likelihood of that happening, and, and just how different college sports would be if that's the avenue ultimately they have to go. I think we're heading down that road anyway. I mean, I, I was talking about this Jaden Rashada thing where you've got a quarterback who pulled out of a commitment because he was guaranteed $13 million that he's not going to get. And that's more money, as I'm quick to point out to people, I'm all for it, right? I, we've been down this conversation mm-hmm. where I'm like, yep, it's great. Make money. It's wonderful. Is it a good thing for the sport that – a guy that's never taken a snap is making more money than Kenny Pickett, who was the first NFL quarterback drafted <laughs> last year. Probably not. Interesting. Uh, fair point for debate. Uh, well, it's call it, since we're at the college level, what do you anticipate year number one is going to be uh, in Boulder, Colorado, where Deion Sanders takes over, and he's certainly getting a lot of buzz. I mean, if they wanted buzz, they hired the right guy, right? Everybody's paying attention to see you. All of a sudden, the Buffs are relevant again, and they haven't played a game since the season came to an end. What do you think's going to happen with Deion Sanders in year number one? I think we're all going to watch. Yes, and, for sure. You know, I've said that. Uh, you know, I've pointed this out a few times that. 
everybody's kind of got their mind made up when it comes to Dion, so it's going to be hard to like change an opinion. But there's no doubt that he's made some big headway with the recruiting and uh, getting Cormani and then getting Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders. I mean, I, I let's quick point out he's gotten the top corner in the country the last two years. Mm. And before that, the last time the top cornerback didn't go to the SEC was 2017 with Jeff Okuda. Uh, right there, I mean, your mm-hmm. defense is going to be all right if you get some pretty good guys on the perimeter. Yeah, in, in a league that's got a whole bunch of quarterbacks coming back. I mean, that is a top-heavy. The Pac-12 I'm referring to, obviously, is such a top-heavy quarterback league with all those returning guys. I mean, that's going to be... Um, Pac-12 is going to be back on the radar, I think, because of the QBs, if nothing else, this this coming season. Yeah, and I mean that's the significance of that commitment to me. And it, yeah. I mean, you're, again, I think the easiest recruiting tool is you get to learn for a couple of years from, in my estimation, the best cover corner to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Revis was good, and yeah. you know we Champ can get Bailey. down that road. Yeah, yeah, those guys were good, but I mean. There's only one guy I haven't yeah. watched for. I was like, yeah, if you throw that way, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, it's going to be high stepping the other way. <laughs> Bill, uh, here on the local level, we await what I was going to be and what they're going to do, if anything, with the offense. If you can, just fill us in a little bit more. Cade McNamara, what kind of upgrade I was getting at the quarterback position? And even if nothing changes, how much better... Can he alone, and with a couple other things, better offensive line play, on and on and on, but what can Cade McNamara make out of this Iowa offense that's currently constructed? I think it would be all right. I mean, you know, you look what he did at Michigan. It was not just on the field. I mean, he was a good decision maker with the football, led them to a Big Ten championship, and he did it with some of the concepts that Iowa does, getting the ball to the tight end. And, oh, Eric All came too. Um, accurate passer. Doesn't take too many uh high risk with the football, and I think he'll fit into this offense very well. Um, and then you add on the fact that this guy's been through, you have to go all the way back to 2020. Remember, he was in a quarterback battle with uh, Joe Milton. Hmm. <laughs> he's been around the block a little bit, and I think that experience will pay off for an offense that desperately needs it in 2023. Yeah, you're 100% right. Back to the NFL game. So let's go. let's do this. The key to winning the AFC championship will be what? Well, I, I think just who can – will the Chiefs stick with the running game? And what does Patrick Mahomes' ankle look like? Because I mean, we can dance around it and I'll put on our fake medical degrees and all that kind of stuff. I've had high ankle sprains before. I don't know how he's walking. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I mean, but that just shows how tough he is. I, and I did read one tweet that made sense to me. Um, it's not so much him planning on it. It's going to be the side-to-side movement. You know, that's what we're going to be watching. Can he move? Yeah. And, um, you know, on the other end, can they slow down Burrow? Burrow's just Ugh. just dominated yep. them. Uh, and they've got to be able to get after him with that Bengals offensive line and the injuries they've had. So I like the Bengals, but I, I think it's going to be tight. I think that's another coin flip as well. So let's do the NFC because the, the Eagles defense, um, yes, I get San Fran's number one, but Philly's number two and right there with them. Uh, and Philly's got some, some weapons as well. Devontae Smith and Goddard. Uh, I like the, I like the running game better for San Francisco. Jalen Hurts was, uh, was the MVP favorite until he got hurt. Um, and, and he didn't show, was none the worse for wear last week against the Giants. In fact, he looked like the same guy, pretty surrounded by weapons. I, this, this game, I mean, both of them, uh, there's a reason the point spread is what it is. How did you see the NFC? Yeah, 
Oh, I, I you know, I coin flip game as well. I, I picked the Niners, but the the, the long it's just one of those deals where the longer the week goes on, the 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 more I'm regretting that because I'm just seeing Philadelphia at home and the way they ran the football and how Jalen Hurts looked and having four guys with ten plus sacks getting after Brock Purdy a little bit. Um, but the Niners can win ugly. They won ugly last week. Their defense is very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think this will be a very high-scoring game. I think like 24 to 27 points, you're going to be feeling pretty good if you get there. And, you know, I picked the Niners on a last-second field goal, but this is one that I think both of these games are going to be right down to the last minute. Well, we talked about guy, Robbie Gold. <laughs> That's a good one to have, certainly your back pocket. So we talked about your team and Brett Favre and your guy. Is Aaron Rodgers getting his mail in Green Bay next year? No. I think he's gone, um, and I've had a – pretty good i mean not without any sourcing or anything like that it's just feel um which take it for what it's worth as somebody that's watched a lot of packers football it just feels different and i heard john coon say that on the radio the former packers fullback mm. this offseason feels different it felt like when they lost to the lions that was closing a book um i think they will have jordan love at quarterback and they're going to take a hard look at whether aaron Rodgers retires or does he go J-E-T-S. i think one of three, Yep, Jets, Raiders, and who's the other one? Miami, maybe outside, or the Titans. But I think Jets and Raiders is what it comes down to. Well, when they when the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett today, I mean, he, he's still getting paid by Denver. It, it's an awful – why else would you go there uh, to the Jets if you don't think there's a chance your guy Rodgers uh, is going to be there? That's why Denver hired him, I'm convinced. They thought that they was going to bring Aaron Rodgers with him. They've got a good relationship. I think that uh, with Hackett going to New York, I think he's a New York Jet. Wouldn't that be ironic? Where did Brett Favre go when it fell apart in Green Bay? Uh, yeah, we're, you, we're prepared for this this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Spread. As long as, yeah. as long as he doesn't go to Minnesota when Kirk Cousins leaves, I'm good. <laughs> Bill Bender, Sporting News. Bill, thank you for what you do. Appreciate you coming on, as always, Bill. Good to hear from you. Hey, no problem, guys. Take care. Have a great day. Yep, you do the same. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Do you think he's a Jet? Raiders make sense with Adams yeah, being there. Need I, a quarterback. I think Raiders would be – I know there's been some odds offshore. Have there been? Yeah, about that. I'd Probably the Raiders would be where I'd place my money, but – but you gotta you gotta get past he's Patrick so Mahomes. Weird. He's so weird. He just you can't really read the guy, right? No, no. It's all guesswork. It is. It's probably guesswork in his mind. But do you, the Hackett thing to me moved it a little closer to reality. Why would Nathaniel Hackett go to work with Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco? Well, how many options did he have? Well, I think, you think people still, were beating down the no, door. No, I know they, they absolutely weren't. I couldn't agree more. But he's getting paid still. He could sit back and just collect his salary for so being the one work. And you want to re rebuild your image, right? After that, get disaster. back into the game quickly. Yeah. You'll never be a head coach again. I would be shocked. Well, there's been some bad ones that have gotten a second chance. Yeah, but this guy, the way I mean, even from week one, let's try and kick a 63 yard field well, goal. Your boy McBlunder, he was bad too, and he's got it. Yeah, he got another opportunity. Yeah. He's blown it again. I think it's one of those two teams. It's suggested to the Raiders. I think the NFC makes a lot of the AFC makes a lot of sense uh, for uh, Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's go to break. Trent's plays of the day. How many are we staring down the barrel at today? We got a Baker's dozen. So thirteen. Yes. Uh, you won't be able to follow them if you're driving, but you can get them at the Action Network once you get to your destination, if indeed you're so inclined. What was your record yesterday? Uh, we scratched out a winning record overall. We were up plus, what was it, 2.1 units. Now, that was also with my tennis bet that already had cashed. Mm-hmm. And 
Had a live bet yesterday, jumped aboard that really, really helped out. So I, I was absolutely shocked by it. It was Bradley, Illinois State. Bradley was down five with like three minutes to play. They were plus 230 at the time. Illinois State's not good. Mm. Jumped aboard on that one. The plays that I gave out yesterday, though, we were even, Stephen, 4-4. Four and four. All right, Trent's plays of the day. They are next. It's a quarter to one on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. A-D-I-O. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-8-GET-YOUR-PODCASTS. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. With a baker's dozen, let's get right to it. <laughs> a lot of picks yesterday that uh, were head-scratching of moments. We tried to get right. I've been getting nipped a lot lately, half points. How about yesterday, an overtime loser? I'm getting six and a half. Lose by nine mm. in overtime. Those, when things start to go the other way, yeah. those are the things that happen. So you don't try to get right with a game or two. You do 13 picks on a Thursday. It's a light slate of college basketball. Feels like I'm playing basically every game. All right, let's kick things off. <laughs> game one, we got Bellarmine. Yeah, Louisville's own. Louisville was a winner for me yesterday, plus 10.5. We're going to jump on their rival in Louisville, Bellarmine, plus the 2.5. How about Florida Atlantic? One of the stories of college basketball this year. Doesn't come to an end, but they do not cover tonight. Middle Tennessee plus the nine. Wright State. That's right. We're going Horizon League. Lay the three and a half against UW Milwaukee. St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Don't take St. Francis of New York tonight, Ken. St. Francis of Pennsylvania. That's who you want. They're getting five at Fairleigh Dickinson. Michigan State, yeah, automatic play against Iowa. Minus two and a half there. South Dakota State, they're getting a point at St. Thomas. Let's go North Florida. How about a little Denver? No, not the Nuggets. Pioneers. They're getting 18 at Oral Roberts. Seattle. Not the Sonics. They don't have a team anymore. They do have a college team. We'll grab six and a half at Sam Houston State. Both Montana schools. I know you love this, Ken. Both Montana and Montana State. Washington plus the two and a half at home against Arizona State. We wrap it up with the Wildcats. Arizona minus five. 13 plays. I'm sure you didn't get them all written down as we ran through them fast. Follow along the Action Network app. You can see all my plays all documented there. And even as it's going south here a little bit lately, over the last 30 days, we're still plus 33.2 units. That's incredible because you've had a couple of bad days this week and mm-hmm. you're still up that much. All right, uh, dotting I's, crossing T's. If you'd like to win tickets to the Rutgers-Iowa basketball game this Saturday, Carver at 1 o'clock, go to the Miller & Condon Twitter feed, uh, the Fuller Dental. You have to use the hashtag... Fuller Dental. Total points in tonight's Michigan State-Iowa game. Closest without going over. Make sure that your number that you come up with is still available. What does that mean? If somebody's taken it, uh, they get it. Um, so you're going to have to pick another number. But uh, that we And the contest closes at 5.59. Here's another contest for tickets. If you'd like to go to the <laughs> Iowa Wild game on Saturday night, they play Coachella Valley. Coachella Valley. Didn't know who it was either, Trent. Okay. I had to look it up there. That's the farm one. team of the Seattle Kraken. Ah. Uh, they put, they dropped the puck at Wells Fargo at 6 o'clock. Caller number one right now at 515-284-5966. Four tickets to the Wild and Coachella Valley. 
Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Don't call and win them. If you can't, go please. Caller number one, Murph and Natty have more tickets. Uh, Heather and Sean have more tickets. And I think we've got more tickets to give away tomorrow. Thanks for being with us today. Murph and Andy are five minutes away. The Drive with Heather and Sean, 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 1101 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.